Hi, and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm Jen Thurman. So in this time of pandemic, things have felt pretty dark, a little scary. And amidst the boredom and low-level anxiety that pervades our discourse right now, hopelessness seeps in between the cracks and is starting to settle in in some ways. And the world is still really imperfect. How did masks become partisan? And what happened to common courtesy? Don't even get me started on the optionality of wearing pants into a Costco. And worse, human decency. This week has felt really dark for me, uh, taking in the news from afar and knowing that people that I know and love are hurting a lot right now. The heartbreaking circumstances surrounding George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and those are just the most recent. And we know we need to do something. But in this time of safer at home, when we can feel even more disempowered, it's hard to think of what to do. Like so many of us, I've been reaching for ways during this crazy pandemic time to at a minimum calm my own anxiety about the world and ideally to find some hope and optimism. To soothe my jangling nervous system, I admit to (laughs) spending time Rewatching old movies and TV series. I mean, seriously old. My go-tos have been The West Wing, which I've watched the full series at least once through. Yes, I said at least. And now I'm on to uh, rewatching the entire series of Cheers. I'm only on the first season so far. <laughs> but it's just to feel some sense of normalcy and predictability. The other thing I'm doing is I'm rereading books that I have really loved Um, I just got done rereading A Man Called Ova, which is an amazing book. But one of my favorite books in the world is A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle. I remember my first grade teacher, Mrs. Goldsmith, reading aloud to us. And she would read one chapter each day uh, at Randall Elementary School in Falls Church, Virginia. And... Even in the best of times through the years, I've reread this book and the whole Murray family series at least once every couple of years. So as I was perusing through my library of favorite books this week, this last week, seeking a physical comfort of an actual bound book with pages, I came across my tattered copy of A Wrinkle in Time. And it reminded me of a post I wrote a couple of years ago, which is perhaps more meaningful now than when I first wrote it. So today, in the spirit of revisiting the familiar, not to stick our heads in the sand, but to find inspiration to change the future, I'm just going to read it to you. The title I used was Fighting the Dark Thing, Part 1, but I never actually wrote Part 2, and I can't remember what I intended to do with that second part. But perhaps it was just waiting for the next wave of dark times, and here they are for me and for so many of us. Maybe part two is simply the same lessons applied to COVID-19. In any case, here it is. And by the way, if you like this, you can find more of my blog posts at www.jenthurman.com. It starts with a quote from the book. Suddenly there was a great burst of light through the darkness. The light spread out, and where it touched the darkness, the darkness disappeared. 
The light spread out until the patch of the dark thing had vanished. And there was only a gentle shining. And through the shining came the stars, clear and pure. Then slowly the shining dwindled until it too was gone. And there was nothing but stars and starlight. No shadows, no fear. Only the stars and the clear darkness of space, quite different from the fearful darkness of the thing. Madeline Lingle, A Wrinkle in Time. The dark thing. You felt it at some point or other in your life. It's the bad feeling. It's hopelessness. It's doubt. It's the creeping belief that you might not be totally qualified for the promotion you just got. It's a nagging dissatisfaction with the entirety of your wardrobe. Or standing with the door open at a refrigerator full of food you don't really want to eat. It's generalized powerlessness in the face of a political environment that seems irreparably fractured. It's the despair and loneliness you have felt in relationship crisis. It's hearing news of yet another mass shooting and wondering if the world has always been this bad or if it's getting worse by the minute. But I have a theory. I believe that goodness, the goodness or badness of the world, is not only colored by our perspective, but created by it. If you're looking for evidence that the world is falling apart, there's no shortage of data points. If your hypothesis is that a society, as a society, we're spiraling out of control and darkness is winning, you have no further to look than the evening news for evidence. Have you ever noticed how Lester Holt always tacks on one feel-good story to the end of the nightly news broadcast? As if two and a half minutes of the network equivalent of cat videos on YouTube could somehow make up for seven minutes of concentrated stories about severe weather and devastation, nine minutes on political gridlock and misdeeds, five minutes on terror activities around the world, and four minutes on grisly crimes. The story about the little boy who mowed the lawn with his 92-year-old neighbor is only one positive data point among the 67 ones we see every night. The news is a perfect example of our focus on trouble, because that's what we tend to do. We focus on trouble. We make a hypothesis, and then we go about looking for the hints and clues and exhibits A to Z that support that hypothesis. And our reptilian brains are always trying to protect us, so they're always focused on danger. Here's some truth. If you're looking for evidence that you won't succeed, you'll find it. If you're looking for evidence that your success will exceed your wildest dreams, you'll find it. If you expect to see proof that you'll never be able to balance life, family, career, it will appear. If you expect to see proof that your life is in perfect, abundant balance, it will appear. If you're looking for proof that people are generally unkind, horrible, and selfish, well, we already covered that. Just watch the news. If you're looking for proof that people are generally kind, loving, and generous, you can't help but see it everywhere you go. But it's not just about our perceptions. I'm not asking you to ignore that bad things happen. I'm not asking you to pretend that sometimes things happen that hurt like mad. I'm asking you to assess your beliefs and how much actual energy you put into proving the negative. Because the upshot of the practice of evidence building is simple. If you believe that the world is getting worse and there's nothing you can do about it, it will. If you believe that the world is getting better and you can take any action to support it, it will. Here's why. 
Because once you've found the evidence that you're looking for one way or the other, and you've proven your theory to be true, yes, these are snarky, sarcastic air quotes, your behavior follows. Your actions reflect your truth, and your truth becomes reality. If you accept it to be true that you won't succeed, you'll either half-ass it or decide not to take any action at all. You'll give up. You will fail. On the other hand, if you have decided that your truth is actually that your success will be dream exceeding, you'll focus your attention, your resources, your energy, your time, yourself on the actions that one step at a time will move you towards your goals. And you'll develop a growth mindset that allows for continued unlimited evolution. If you expect to see proof that life is limited and you have to sacrifice one area of life to make the other succeed, You'll pour yourself into one area of your life to the detriment of the others. You will close yourself off to the compromises, opportunities, and changes that enable flow between all the areas of your life. Flip side, if you accept it to be true that your life is in perfect, abundant balance, you'll be more relaxed, accepting, and open, and you'll learn to live in a better state of flow and balance. If it is your truth that people suck, you'll retreat from those sucky people and close yourself off from the good ones too. If your truth is that people are good, you'll open your heart and let all the joy that is human connection and understanding in. Here's some more truth. You are a world changer. If you believe that the world is getting worse, you'll accept your powerlessness. Inertia will be your fallback. And the simple fact of your disengagement, your retraction of your own light, will make the dark thing darker. If, however, you believe that the world can be a better place, you'll shine your light in a way that only you can. You'll volunteer at your kid's school. You'll check on your people when you haven't heard from them in a while. You'll vote and seek common understanding in the world of political discourse. You'll be vulnerable in your relationships. You'll invest in a Kickstarter that supports a beneficial technology to address pollution in our oceans. You'll nurture your body, mind, and soul so that you can shine more brightly into the universe. Because no matter what your religious affiliation or non-affiliation, this is truth. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. Shine your light in the way only you can. Speak, paint, vote, laugh, love, write, compose, tell your story, reach out, volunteer, cry, listen, support, sell, create, teach, sculpt, sing, tell a joke, hold someone's hand, listen, breathe. How will you shine your light? If you liked this message, you can find more at www.jenthurman.com. I'd love to hear how you're shining in the world. Drop me a message at jen at jenthurman.com. Be well.